0: Isn't it amazing that we serve such an awesome God and then that the world can throw things at us and get us off course? You know? Sometimes we just get off out there in the world, we just got to come in on a Wednesday night and get back focused and who's the king of kings, amen? Well, get your Bibles out and go to Luke chapter 15. You know, praise God, I, just, I want to talk to you again tonight about the move of God and, uh, and, and, and refresh us and bring back things into our lives and, and make us remember. How many of y'all, I mean, how do I say this? How many of y'all remember the day you got saved? Right? That was the day the move of God started in your life. You know, I think a lot of times we yes, we go from from I remember years ago I preached a message about about the the I don't even remember what I called it, but I was the whole middle picture that I had was like stairs going up. You know, you you have a our steps down here, you know. You've got a landing and you got a riser. A tread and a riser. You go tread, flat, easy to walk, and then you hit a riser. And sometimes you think that's it. But then you move up, and then you're at another place. Every time you're getting higher, and that's that's life, okay? Life is we learn. We're learning about Jesus. We're learning about things. Sometimes we're, we're walking a smooth, easy, easy path. I like those. And then sometimes we're having to climb up the side of the cliff to get to the next level, the next place we are with God. And, uh, you know, I, I told you all about that journal, that I used to keep this journal. When I read back in the journal and what I wrote in it, the things that were just troubling me, you know, like I was, they were just unbelievable. Uh, you know, because in those days I was completely 100% broke and have any money. I was believing God for every, everything that was going on. Every time there was any little bobble in life, a flat tire was a major catastrophe, you know. And, and, uh, and, and going through those times and just believing God, but he always showed himself strong to me, right down those little things. I thought they were big things, but now I look back, they were really little things. But God showed himself strong, and and we've got to have those, and we've got to have those those memories, and we've got to have those times that we know we saw God deliver us in the past. That means he's going to deliver us today, and that means he's going to deliver us in the future. Amen? And it's a progress of going on with him. But I want to share a story with you tonight uh, here in Luke 15, verse 8. It says, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together saying, rejoice with me for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there's joy in the presence of, of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And I, I read, I heard this the other day and then I went and looked it up and, and searched it out because I, I, I I'd i never heard it. That in the in the In the Jewish tradition in those days, that a woman had to have 10 coins in order to be able to be married. It was her dowry she had to have. And so, I guess if a a person wasn't prosperous or whatever, and Daddy didn't give her 10 silver coins, she had earned 10 silver coins, and... Now, this is a part I don't understand. I tried to research it and try to figure it out because it doesn't make sense to me, that they would braid them in their hair. Now, I don't know about you, but when I, you know, because I think these things, out, I'm like, well, how do you braid a coin in your hair? It seems to me it had to have a hole in it, so that means you had to drill a hole in it, put something through it. You know, this is what I'm thinking, you know, but anyway, this is what they said. The story said it. that they would braid them in their hair, and then when they went out, If a man looked and saw she had the ten silver coins in there, he knew that she was ready to be married or whatever. So I began to dwell on this and just begin to think about it. Whether the story is true or not, it fits, okay? That here would be this woman that had, let's just say she had worked for it and she had earned and worked and scratched and, and, you know, done everything she could and she got her ten silver coins and she had it braided in her hair. Of course, she should have had them in a... Coin purse stuck in her pocket inside the safe. But anyway, she stuck them in her hair. And now she's lost one. And to think of, and I was putting myself in the position of this, 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 this lady saying, gosh, you know, she's lost it. Now she's everything she's worked for, she was ready and it was going to go out there. Maybe she saw somebody that day. Maybe oh, old, old Buck down the road right there. He was a guy who's gonna get her, you know. And so man, she was all happy. He's looking, at man, I won't get married to Buck, you know? And then then she's lost it. Now it can't happen. And how panicked she would have been. And she would have been going through the house, searching, looking everywhere because she's got to find that coin. It means so much to her to find that coin when she finds the coin because then she knows she can go on with her life. But until then, her life's on hold right? So then let's think of it a little bit more. Maybe she's in a bad situation. Maybe she's still living with mom and dad and it's a bad situation. She wants to get out of the house and and her whole life. And she was dreaming about it. She was having dreams. Oh, Buck was going to come sweep her off her feet. She's got her 10 coins now. And then bless God. Oh man, now she's messed up. Now she's having bad dreams. Now she's having nightmares. I'll never find that coin. Now I'm going to have to work. Maybe it took her a long time to earn the silver coin. Are y'all following me in this? I'm just, I'm just dreaming all this stuff up. I don't know about, you know, How it all worked out. But I just got to thinking about the desperation of the woman, thinking, I've lost it. I I, I was going to be there. I was going to get it. I was going to make it. I was going to go. It was going to work out. And a lot of times we're like that with God. We're thinking, you know, we start dreaming this is going to happen and then something happens to us. But when the move of God started in your life, the position we should take is, praise God, I've made it. I have arrived. I'm in the kingdom. All the promises of God are yes and amen to me. Everything that God's got, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm born again. I'm saved. My sins are washed away. I'm, I'm right with God. I, I can't be wrong. The, if the wrath of God comes tomorrow, if the heaven scroll rolls up, I'm okay. Right? This is how we should be thinking. No matter what happens in life, no matter what's coming on us, no matter how ugly the situation is, no, it's not fun to walk through hard times. But it really doesn't make any difference because if you've already got it made, right? You already got your dowry. It's already done. You already got your salvation. You already got the move of God going in your life. Well, then you can step back and look at it from a different perspective. The woman wouldn't have been worried about the loss of the silver coin if she had 20. I mean, she may have been disappointed. Now, I've only got 19, but i still got 10, Right? But what the enemy tries to do is he tries to come into our life and make us think that we're out. When the whole revelation that we've got to get is when the move of God started in our life, we stepped into victory that day, that moment, that second when salvation came into our life. That, that That's it. We arrived. Hello? Oh, we're going to progress. We're going to learn. We're going to keep growing. We're going to get better. We're going to... You know, we're going to go on, but man, that day you arrived. Hello? Nothing can take that from you. John 10, 29 says, man, there's nothing that can take them out of the palm of my father's hand. So the sad thing is, is for a Christian to get talked out of what was theirs. But that happens all the time. Happens all the time to people that get talked out of what is already theirs. Okay. So I want to go over these things because I started going over them last week about what became yours at the, on the day the move of God started. And the first one we looked at was uh, Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, and he's conveyed us into the kingdom of his dear son. That day the move of God started in your life, that day you were delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated to the kingdom of God. That day. Not someday, that day. Are you with me? That doesn't mean that the kingdom of darkness can't stir something up. But you're not in it. Whatever is going on in, let's say, France, whatever the laws are in France, they do not apply to me tonight. Right? But they could, I don't know what they could do. Do they have nukes? French have nukes? I wouldn't think they would. Do they, Bruce? Bruce Shiggins said they do. Okay, so they can shoot a nu- nuke at us, right? The king, their, their laws, they don't apply to me, but they could affect me somehow. But it doesn't make any difference because I'm going to get delivered because I'm not applying, I'm not living my life by their rules, right? The second one we looked at last week was Romans 6.6. It says, knowing this, that the old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed or might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Sin cannot hold you as a slave. It could get in your mind and mentally hold you there, but the technical truth is it doesn't have power over your your, your body. You may say, well, I'm just addicted. I can't quit. No, but the truth is you're not a slave to sin. There is freedom. You're just not applying it. Hello? So that was the second one we looked at last week. So you're delivered from sin. Everybody say I'm delivered from sin. Okay, the third one here, and I don't know how many we got last week, but John 16, 33. Jesus said, in these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace, but in the, but in the world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So the third thing that you've been delivered from instantly when the move of God started in your life was you're delivered over circumstances. This is what we need to always be thinking. When a, an, a circumstance happens in our life that's not positive, you immediately need to be st- saying out of your mouth, thank you, God, for the answer, because I'm delivered from circumstances. I don't know how this is going to work around, but thank you for this deliverance. I'm delivered. Circumstances don't have dominion over my life. When you want to get angry about a circumstance, you need to be able to say, eh, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to be of good cheer because I don't play by those rules. Now, emotion-wise, still have to deal with it, go through the emotions of things, just have to deal with those things. I, I really want to get, and, you know, I want to be like Jesus, but we don't see a lot of, you know, I didn't get to see Jesus. So I had to go to something else. And this may sound terrible. Y'all may just want to throw rocks at me tonight. But I love, I love the old B-Western Clint Eastwood movies. When he's standing there, you know, with this poncho on and that little cigarette, little cigar hanging out of his mouth, his little cigarita, you know, it's hanging out of his mouth. And all the go- gunmen are out there and everybody's going to kill him and he's just standing there. Flips the poncho over. Cool as a cucumber. Right? In the face of adversity, he's not rattled. He's not shaking. He's not biting his fingernails. He's just standing there. Right? That's who I want to be in Jesus. When the circumstances arrive and all that, I'm just standing there. I'm not, oh, my God. What the- <gasps> That's what I strive for. I want to be there because I want to know that I'm delivered from circumstances and just be of good cheer. What would even be better is to laugh right? Okay, this is number four here. I really love this one. First John 5.4. First John 5.4, it says, and this is the victory. Oh, let me read the whole thing. For whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. It's our faith. How many of y'all know, and, and, and you've come to understand that this world system is messed up? The world system is not fair, it's not right. There's evil people behind things in this world system, and the world system wants to say this is the way it's going to go, you know. The haves and the have-nots, this way and that way, that's the way it is. You know? But I want you to know something. According to this scriptures and this is the victory that overcomes the world, it's our faith. Your faith can overcome the world system. And again there's a process, you know. We don't just get say do we know everything. Right? We've got to learn. We've got to grow in the Word. We've got to know what the privileges and rights are ours. We've got to know what the contract says. We've got to know what the Bible says. But the, the, the bottom line is, there's nothing that's impossible right, to those that will believe. And you say, I don't know how it can work out. I know you don't. I know I don't. But he does. See, we always try to, I do it. I sit around and I try to figure out how. How can this work out? And I look at it and I think, I I, 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 think, I don't see how it can work out, God. But I want to tell you something, that doesn't do you any good. Because when you try to figure out how it, can it work out, all you're doing is using your human capacity, your human knowledge and your human capacity, and that's always going to fall short. Faith is the answer. And I've learned in life to turn things around and say, Lord, I and my humanists don't know how this is going to work out. But by faith, I believe you can because who would have ever thought the Red Sea would part? Who would have ever thought you could have spoke out of a burning bush? Who would have ever thought a blind eye could open? A lame person could walk. Are you with me? We've got to realize that we serve a God of the supernatural, not the natural. You can't stay in the natural. You can't be looking in the natural Trying to figure something out. It's gotta, it's gotta be the supernatural. Now the thing is, is that you start, you start dealing with the things of the supernatural. Well, it doesn't, doesn't jive with us. Because we're always thinking natural. Are y'all following me? You've gotta, you've gotta just throw it out there. you just gonna say, God, I don't know, but I just believe you. You can, make, you can turn this situation around. I don't know how it's gonna work. You can turn it around. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but you're gonna do it. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to go. I, the world system doesn't have power and authority over me. I'm in the kingdom of heaven. I've got translated over. I'm over here. I'm playing by your rules. I don't understand the rules but all the time exactly, but, Lord, this is your rules, and so you're going to make it work out. And so in the meantime, I'm going to back up and say, well, I'm just going to keep joy because you said I'm going to be delivered from this tribulation, so be of good cheer. Right? So this world system to not have dominion over you. Now, the fifth one here. According to 2 Thessalonians 3, 2, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. So there's going to be people in the world that are wicked and unreasonable because they're not following Jesus, but he says we're delivered from them. They don't have power over you. <clears throat> You've been translated out. You've been taken out. You've been taken over into the kingdom of heaven. You're delivered from circumstances. You're delivered from this world system. And you're delivered from the people that are behind it. You say, well, yeah, but pastor, I've heard that so much in 25 years. Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. No, I do understand. I know what it's like. But all I can tell you is I know what my Bible says. I either have to believe what the word says or believe what my eyes see. Hello? Okay, let me give you another one. Galatians 2.20. For I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That came about at the move of God, right? And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The sixth thing that you're delivered from in life is the flesh you see the whole principle is is you've been crucified with christ nevertheless it's not you that's living it's christ living in you so we've been delivered from the flesh now nobody likes to hear that because we all want to act out in the flesh but the truth of the matter is that your flesh you have to tell your body you have to tell your flesh your desires your appetites you have to tell them who's in charge and it's got to be the spirit of Christ in you that does it. I have these arguments in my body all the time. I say, shut up. You don't need that. You're not going to eat that. Shut up. You, what are you talking about? You're not going to do that. You're not going to say that. You think you want to say that. You're not going to say that. Shut up. You're not in charge. I'm in charge. There's a war going on on me all the time between the spirit of God on the inside of me and the, and the saved move of God, Robert Richards, and my flesh. And I'm always having to battle and push it down, keep it locked in a cage. But he still talks. He may be in the cage, but he still talks. Hello? I can be right in the middle of worship, and my flesh wants to say something. Right? It may be, I'm tired, I want to sit down, or my foot hurts, or, or I'm hungry, or whatever. It's just there. It's life. It's never going to shut up. Not until this body gets Whatever happens to it, it's transformed into a new body. I don't know what happens to the old one, but whatever happens, you know, it gets changed and transformed, right? Until then, it's, that, that stupid idiot's going to keep talking all the time. And there's no sense. Listen, you're never going to get to a place where he doesn't talk. But you do have dominion over it. And so the spirit of God on the inside of you, the spirit man on the inside of you, the real you, has got to rise up and shut the other guy up and say, look, you want me to take you out and nail you to the cross again? I'll do it. Do I need to get some nails and a hammer? Right? You've got to take it. But good news is, in this new move of God in your life, you have dominion over it. It cannot rule you. Sometimes you may have to stick your fingers in your ears and say, la, 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 I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to you. All right? Number seven. First Thessalonians 1.10. And to wait for his son from heaven to whom raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. You know, I don't know if y'all have looked at, if y'all watch news feeds or anything like that. I always kind of like to look, scale, I don't ever read them. A lot of times I just look at the headlines until something jumps out at me. But right now everybody's just up in arms about, you know, end of the world signs. Did anybody see the one where the snake crawled out of the wall, the the, the wall in Jerusalem, the wailing wall, you know, the the uh, holy site, snake crawled out. This is a, Did y'all see that? Who saw that? Give me a hand here that saw that. Did you see it, Jake? Hey, did you notice the ladder the guy was up on trying to get it out? I was like, man, couldn't they got a better ladder? And then this thing was all rickety. I said, they ain't got any better ladders in Jerusalem than we do around here. I mean, this thing was all, all rickety. He's up there trying to get this snake. It's a big old snake. Crawled out of the wall, but that was just some written in the Talmud or something of some sign that a snake was going to come and I was like snake probably chasing a rat and went up in he doesn't know it's the holy wall there he just crawled around up there and they did that you know and then there's there's the uh meteorites or not meteorites the asteroids that were going to be coming close you know they could crash into the earth and then this was a sign and that was a sign everything it seems like the world they put all this stuff out there, but I don't see the world screaming and running and, and wringing their hands thinking about the wrath of God. Right? But neither were they. Have y'all ever, listened? I got to throw some end time stuff at you right here, just just prick just you a little bit. Jesus said that when he returns, that he's going to come back and it's going to be just like the days of Noah. Right? We always think that the end times is going to be like, it's just going to be like the apocalyptic kind of event going on, and then, you know, there's the end time. But in the days of Noah, it says everybody was eating and drinking and being merry and marrying and having wives and doing this and the other, and nobody was playing, and then everybody was laughing at Noah out there building an ark. So to me, it doesn't seem like the wrath of God would be the meteor coming, I mean, the, the asteroid coming in to hit earth and destroy us. Or nuclear war or apocalypse times, it always seems like to me it would be just like everything's just going on, everybody says, Oh, isn't times great? Watch out. Just my own little thing I'm throwing out there at you. But it doesn't make any difference because I know the day the move of God started my life, I'm delivered from the wrath of come, no matter what happens. I've always said this: I want to be a pre-trib guy, I won't be on the first boatload out of here. I don't want to go through the tribulation. I don't see any any, any glory in that. I, I, I want to be out of here. I want to be sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb barbecue with Jesus, having a good old time. I don't care. I don't want to be down here. I don't need to pre- prove my machoism by making it through the tribulation. We made it almost all the way through the tribulation. I don't want to do that. I'm out of here. All right. But if I'm not out of here, then bless God, I'm gonna. I know I'm delivered from the wrath to come. I am not. I'm gonna, and it's good. I'm okay with Daddy. Y'all with me? That came and happened in your life the day the move of God started in your life. Hello? Now, how about this one? Philippians 1, 1.6. Philippians 1.6. It says, being confident of this very thing that he has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you something. If the move of God started in your life and Jesus started the move of God in your life, do you think he's able to complete it in you? If anybody can do it, Jesus can do it, right? So then you're delivered from failure. There's something, about, there's something about the kingdom of God that when the move of God starts in your life, even though you make a mistake and even though something may look like a failure, it ends up turning around and, and working out for good, right? That's what I love about the principle of the kingdom of God, that he takes the bad things and turns it around and makes them work out for good because he's working a work in my life. You see, church, let me, let me take some pressure off of you tonight. As long as your heart is desiring and seeking him, as long as your heart wants to do right, he's gonna complete the work and everything's gonna be okay. Now, if you've let you know, the devil enter your heart and you're you you, you become a Judas and you're you wanting to do some other things and you're gonna do your own thing like that, well, you know, all bets are off. But I'm saying. I may not do everything right, but I know that I'm trying to do everything right because I love him, and I'm not going to fail. And if I do make a mistake, he's going to turn around and make it work out for good. Praise the Lord. Amen? Okay. So let me just give you one more because I want to end on this good note. Colossians 122. This, This is a scripture that I think you could feed on for your whole life. In the body of his flesh through death to present you, to present you. Remember, he's working a good work in you, right? He's working out a good work in you, and he's going to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight, in his sight, in his sight. That's what happened. The move of God started in your life and the blood of Jesus came on you and he washed you of your sins. You became holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. I'm so glad for the move of God. I'm so glad the move of God came in my life. Hello? I mean, wow. Holy, unblameable and unreprovable. That means they cannot find fault with you. Okay? So, you're delivered, listen to me, you're delivered from judgment. When the move of God started in your life, you were delivered from judgment. If Jesus made me holy, unblameable, and unreproved in your sight, you were delivered from judgment. Whenever your flesh or your voice or something is trying to put condemnation or judgment on you, you're hearing the voice of the enemy and you're listening to it and he's trying to put you into judgment, You need to pull out this scripture and say, excuse me, I've read the fine print. Actually, it's bold print on my contract, and it says here that I'm holy and blamed on unrepeable the blood of Jesus, so shut up. Shut up. you got no voice in me. You cannot bring judgment upon me. I'm not going to walk in that judgment. You're not going to condemn me. Now, remember, there's wicked, unreasonable men on the face of the earth, and they may try to condemn you, but that's a whole other story. In the eyes of God, in the the eyes of my Father, I'm wholly unblameable, and unreprovable in His sight. See, you're not going to walk in victory. You're not going to overcome anything if you're living in judgment all the time. And so when the move of God got started in your life, He set you in this place. And it's a good place. It's a good place. Don't let the enemy take you out of it. Don't let the enemy get you out from underneath your covering of the Lord. And get you into a place where you shouldn't be. Don't let his judgment come upon you. Don't let his condemnation come upon you. Don't let your flesh rule. Don't look at and say, "Oh, it's going to fail. It's going to fail. It's going to fail." And I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I am. <clears throat> I tend to. I tend to it at, at, if I listen to that judgment at all comes upon me. Well, then I get very pessimistic, which is the opposite of faith, right? And so I've learned in life, I don't want to be discouraged. I don't want to be downtrodden. I don't want to beat myself up. You know, have you seen those, those uh, you know, it's all over the world, but uh, a lot of times it's in the Philippines where on Easter, you know, they, they, they go through the streets whipping themselves, you know. Man, I don't need to do that. I've already beat myself up enough. I don't need to go out and do that. I mean, Lord have mercy. I, I'm wholly unblameable and unreproval in this sight. Amen? Amen? So look at that person beside you and say, you know, you're doing really well. Greatest thing you ever did in life was get the move of God going, accept his call. Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.